Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I'm your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone, Jean Ginsberg here and welcome to another episode of Listen by Jean Ginsberg. I'm very excited today. We have a special guest, Jeff Seconder. How are you? Doing excellent. Thanks so much for having me, Jean. Awesome. Well, I'm very excited that you're here and our audiences are very excited too. And the first question I always ask is tell us about your background. Yeah, so I, uh, you know, went through traditional education, I got my finance degree and then worked for the largest bank inside the United States in asset management. And I thought that was going to be kind of my dream job and, and place where I was going to work for the next 40 years. But I realized that it just didn't really align with my values. I wanted to, you know, have impact on people. I wanted uncapped earning potential. And I wanted to have like more freedom um, with like, you know, what clothes I'm wearing, who I'm hanging around, where I'm going every day and how I'm spending my time. And uh, I was, I kept naturally gravitating towards cryptocurrencies. So I was literally like, you know, uh, un under the cover, like trading cryptocurrency at my desk on like a, on like a personal hotspot on my phone, you know? And, and I'm like, okay, well, this is probably something that I should maybe pursue if I like am really passionate about it. So I ended up leaving there in 2018 uh, and then started uh, the two businesses that I now uh, own, which is, you know, a cryptocurrency hedge fund that we have. And then uh, also a, an education company that helps people uh, learn more about blockchain and cryptography and what cryptocurrency is and maybe, you know, different ways to allocate into it. And, and a lot of the, the nuances that allows people to get exposure to the asset class and understand it, because that's a really, really difficult thing for a lot of people to do is actually understand uh, this asset class. So I'm happy to, to shed some insight on any of those, how we operate as a fund or, you know, some of the education stuff um, with your audience. And I think, uh, you know, obviously your audience is already really intelligent. So I'm happy to go into the, the nitty gritty as well. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to unpack there. I maybe share a little bit about, uh, I guess, I mean, I think everybody knows what crypto is, so maybe we don't need to get into the details and definitions there. But yeah, um, yeah maybe talk about the company, the education, the fund, because that I think most people are not familiar with. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that to begin with um, what you were kind of mentioning, everyone does kind of know what, what crypto is. I think what the thing that they don't understand, which I think is even more valuable, is blockchain which blockchain is just really like an, uh, an open accounting book to record data. And if you can try to put a value on recording data, it is, it is immensely valuable. Um, data is king in businesses and always will be. And um, if you look at companies like AWS, they're worth a ton of money because that's what they do. They record and transact data and they allow developers to build on top of it. That's exactly what a blockchain is. Is, uh, is recording data that's done in real time, it's unhackable and it's transparent. And the cryptocurrency is just the value transfer through the blockchain. So in our fund, we invest into an array of different um, you know, coins. We usually hold between 10 to 15 different coins in the fund. And how we determine what we're holding is based on 
the blockchain's data. So we only invest in the coins behind blockchains that have uh, great data as far as like number of new wallets being generated on the blockchain that shows user adoption, number of uh, transactions, if that's growing, uh, that there's a larger utility for the coin because every transaction uh, uses something called a gas fee. So it uses that native coin as a gas fee. Um, developer activity. So if you don't know, like I mentioned earlier, developers can come on to different blockchains and build their own applications on top of them because there's pretty much an infinite use case on them. So we'll look for like all of these different things that 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 show the ecosystem growing um, and the activity on that blockchain growing because that gives that coin and uh, ultimately all of the projects within inside of that ecosystem more value. So we'll hope we do all the fundamental research there on on different blockchains. We usually hold you know twenty to fifty percent in Bitcoin, and then we're actively managing between that Bitcoin position that we have and the uh, those altcoins that we're holding that have uh, the valuable blockchain behind them. So when I say actively managing, that just means like we're swing trading, and we'll actually denominate the coin in Bitcoin. So instead of trading you know Solana or or Avax or ETH against the US dollar, we'll actually trade it against Bitcoin because our goal is to accumulate more Bitcoin. So um, that's how our, uh, our fund operates. It's, it's a really great way to have long-term exposure to cryptocurrency that's at least has, historically has outperformed Bitcoin. Right, so um, how would you say, sorry, the education piece is the other one that you yeah. mentioned. So is that, do you have like, courses or trainings about how to invest in this? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the difficult part and the reason why it's really, really important to understand what you're investing in and especially in, in cryptocurrencies because it is so volatile. And if you don't understand why you invested into something, what happens is we're, we're humans and we're emotional beings. So when we see the prices going way down and we don't have a reason to keep holding that, we end up selling it. And then what happens is you start to sell at the bottom and buy at the top. And then that's exactly the inverse of what you want to do. So yeah, for people that are non-accredited, our, our hedge funds are only for people that are accredited investors um, for all around the world though. But the people that are not, or maybe they just want to learn about it themselves and invest on their own, um, they can you know go to a place where they can learn like, hey, how do you do fundamental research? What are the things that you look for when you're doing that fundamental research? Um, you know, how do you do research on the blockchains but by looking through these things called block explorers to look at all the data that I just mentioned? You know, how do you formulate a portfolio and how do you potentially, you know, hedge that portfolio against bearish times? So I actually manage like a $50,000 like example uh, portfolio. That's a real portfolio um, that we post, you know, weekly updates on uh, so people can see how, you know, you can prof professionally manage uh, a portfolio and understand how to do the research and how to determine your own allocation and all that stuff. So yeah, we've got like a thousand investors that um, that track that information and and then we do like live calls to answer questions and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and so how did you get into this space? I know you mentioned you were in the financial space before, but what drew you to crypto or blockchain? Yeah, uh, actually pretty early on when I was in college, I was like a freshman, freshman in college and I was in the whole fraternity uh, scene at uh, a college called uh, the University of Kentucky. So it was an SEC school and um, what, what, I, what was kind of going around was this like magic internet money 
that was being used on like different marketplaces online. And people were like, Hey, what, what is this Bitcoin thing? So I, I looked into it and I'm like, all right, let's buy some. I bought some in 2013 and then I sold it in 14. And that was, that was a huge year of appreciation for Bitcoin. If you look back historically, and then it went into a bear market. And then I'm like that. I just was thinking, just writing that off, to be honest, like it's, it's pretty much nothing. And then uh, I started to like kind of track it every once in a while, look at it a few years later. And then in 2017, I was like doing a lot more research because the prices started to rise once again. It broke all time highs. And then people started to look into it again, talk about it. And I'm like, let's do some more research into it and figure out what this is. And once I understood the applications of the blockchain, then I started to find the actual value in what this whole industry and asset class could be. Um, so that was kind of my journey. It started almost a decade ago uh, when I was buying at like $130. And obviously now it's like 29,000. I didn't hold it the entire time, uh, but it started to get heavily back. I've been in the space every day since 2017. Oh, very cool. So tell me, what are some, what is the biggest challenge that you would say is in the market now? Would you say that's like education? Because I mean, for me, I know like I haven't really invested in crypto I have invested in blockchain, but not in crypto because I'm like, I don't even know, like, is this legit? Is this like, I know Bitcoin's legit, but then like, how do I know other, these other thousand coins are even legit? So what is that you think is the biggest challenge or what do you think is the biggest challenge? Yeah, I think, I think the big, uh, there's multiple things. Number one, the misconception of like traditional investors, they are looking for cash flows and different ways to evaluate, you know, the, the book value of a company. That's not what you're doing here. You're, this is a, a much different way. There are ways to evaluate um, a coin if it's over or undervalued, but it's highly, it's a highly speculative asset class because it's a right. brand new asset class. Like the majority of these assets all came out in the last, I mean, even in the last two years, they've all come out, but there's some that, that go back to five, six, seven years. And obviously Bitcoin is about 13 years old now. But um, I would say the biggest misconception is you're investing into a protocol, not a business. So you're really investing into a piece of code that is making markets more efficient. And the problem is, is it's very similar to the internet bubble. Everything back then in the early 2000s had a massive valuation because they had .com at the end of their name. Okay, that's pretty much what is happening right now. So a lot of those internet companies did not make it. I really do believe a lot of the cryptocurrencies are complete nonsense. Uh, I think probably 95% of them um, are pretty much worthless because they don't really have utility and, um, and there's not like real founders behind them and the communities are just kind of in it for the price pumps and to just, you know, get quick cash from it. So I think that's the biggest problem is number one, people don't understand conceptually how to like wrap their head around, okay, I'm not investing into a bond and I'm not investing into stocks. I'm not investing into real estate. I'm investing into a protocol that's just making markets more efficient, the, the value is from the actual ecosystem and uh, the efficiency that allows uh, business and future data uh, transactions to conduct. So um, there's a lot of like a ton of different use cases. And I think that's probably the most difficult thing is to understand this isn't just a coin that you're buying because you think you're gonna use it at Walmart in 10 years. Um, there's a lot of different use cases of the blockchain and that coin is directly related to that blockchain. And what kind of advice or recommendations would you make to someone who is just getting started in, in investing in this? Like, what do they, should they be looking for? 
Yeah, I think the difficult part right now is it's like I mentioned, we're out at such an early stage. So the majority of it is just like kind of nonsense. So it's really difficult to kind of block out the noise and have an idea of what to buy. Personally, um, you know, if my mom asked me this question, I would literally, because if she's not doing research, but she knows she wants to get into it somehow, I would just be like, hey, buy Bitcoin and buy Bitcoin consistently over time. So that you can do that by dollar cost averaging, right? If you make $10,000 and you want to invest 10% of your income per month, you should maybe consider making a portion of that go into uh, Bitcoin as well. So really the best you know, way, in my opinion, to very to simply put it is like, if you want to invest in, in cryptocurrency right now, and you don't have a lot of time to do a ton of research, um, why not invest in the oldest asset that there is in the asset class, which is Bitcoin, that is by far the most uh, secure and widely adopted, has the largest market cap, is starting to be used by literally countries around the world as a currency. Major tech companies in the S&P 500 are holding it on its balance sheet. You know, BlackRock, PayPal, Square, KPMG, uh, Tesla, all these companies are starting to buy it and allow their investors to get into it. So, and it's also the only thing to be deemed as a non-security, by the way, by the SEC. So that dramatically reduces the risk because I do believe a lot of these tokens are going to be considered security tokens. So to be honest, I think it's, you know, right now, if you don't have the time and energy to do all that research that I kind of just mentioned, it's like, just buy Bitcoin over time and, and hold. And so I know that you guys provide research and education. Where else can I find research online that's readily available if I do want to do additional research about crypto and what's really legit and not legit? Yeah, I think uh, if you want to learn a lot about Bitcoin, so believe it or not, you go to hope.com. Okay. Um, so uh, a guy named Michael Saylor, he owns MicroStrategy. He's put $5 billion dollars um, into Bitcoin over the past about year and a half. And, you know, he, he owns all these different domains because he's, he's a pretty, he's known to be a, obviously he runs a, a high level tech company. Okay. But he also is well known for being an early adopter of technology and certain investments. So he went back and bought a ton of different domains. One of them that he bought was hope.com. And he's turned that into a Bitcoin education uh, website where you can learn everything there is and watch interviews and do a lot of uh, unique things as far as research into, into Bitcoin and its applications and its adoption and all that stuff. So I think hope.com is a really great place. Uh, academy.binance.com. Uh, Binance is the largest exchange. Uh, academy.binance.com is literally an academy in a glossary of all the you know words that maybe you're confused. What is a blockchain? You type in blockchain, you'll know exactly what it is. Explains it super simple. So any word you need to look up there, and then if you want to do like deeper research, there's a, a company called Masari. It's M-E-S-S-A-R-R-I, uh, or uh, there's one R, excuse me, in there. So Masari.io is the uh, company. They provide a lot of research, like some free articles. So you can look up, you know, what different funds are holding. So you can literally look at like what other investment funds are holding in their portfolios. Um, so that's another great place if you want to get you know, into the nitty gritty of like the other alternative coins of Bitcoin. Okay. And so I've been seeing in the market recently that Bitcoin is way down. So how, how should we look at that? Like, is that just part of it being pegged to the regular market? And that's why things are down because the market's down or does that have its own 
market. And so it's going to go up and down based on specific other um, specifications. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, historically, Bitcoin has actually been very um, uncorrelated to other assets. Over the past like six months, it's been highly correlated to specifically the NASDAQ 100, but also the S&P 500. So it is uh, highly correlated to like specifically tech companies in the United States. Like that's how it's being treated as, as really like a, almost a tech company, but really it's what it is, is it's truly software is what it is. Um, so that, that is a point that people need to realize is yes, it is correlated, but also uh, it's directly on track with this typical four year cycle. So if you look back in the history of Bitcoin, when it started, Every four years, it goes through a cycle. So there's three years of a bull market and then one year of a bear market and then three years of a bull market, one year of a bear market. And that's happened uh, since Bitcoin came out in, in 2008 and 2009. So um, that is something that it's really honestly right on track, but also it is highly, highly correlated to stocks right now because we this is the first time, you know, we haven't had a true, we had like a mini recession during COVID, right? But that wasn't even like a serious you know, bear market, it was just a straight V-shaped recovery. We have not had an actual true recession in the history of cryptocurrency. So it'll be quite interesting to see how uh, it reacts. But to be honest, it is right on track with what it's done historically. And, you know, typically Bitcoin's doing over a thousand percent gain, and then it's coming down 80%. And it's down, I think, like 55 or 60% right now. So... What you're telling me is in the next six months when Bitcoin's going to be all the way down, it's, it's time to invest in it because it's the next three years, it's all going to be up. <laughs> yeah, at least if it, <laughs> if it happens historically, correct. And yeah, it's even, um, we're, we're definitely going down probably a little bit quicker than uh, the previous years. But yeah, the previous years has all been down 80 to 90% uh, at its low from the previous peak. And right now, I think we're like 55% off all time highs. So um, you're exactly right. I think over the next six months is going to be a really, really great buying opportunity. All right, I have to keep that in mind. I put a note on my uh, on my calendar. At the end yeah. of the year, buy Bitcoin or at least, you know, a fraction of a Bitcoin, yeah, <laughs> depending on go. how much I want to invest. So um, another, uh, one other question that I like to ask our, um, our guests is, uh, what is your prediction for the industry? And I know that that's a kind of a loaded question, but it could be specifically related to what we're talking about today or self-driving cars, terraforming Mars, whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think... Uh, there's there's a, quite a few, there's pretty much infinite use cases of blockchain. So it can be somewhat difficult, but if I were to narrow it down to a few, I think number one, like banking and finance is going to be revolutionized. Um, there's number one, it's a dinosaur. Um, number two, it's 2022. Why can I not send money that's over $5,000 on a weekend? Like it makes zero sense. Um, so I think that uh, banking is long overdue for a, a change and a change for the better. And we're already seeing that on something called decentralized exchanges, where it's just peer-to-peer -peer lending and people provide peer-to-peer -peer liquidity. So when people want to transact, you actually participate in the fees that normally, you know, a company that has a brick and mortar company, they have employees, they have phones, they have fax machines, they got all this overhead, right? Instead of all that money going into that, the protocol shares the revenue of the platform with all of the users. So I do think that uh, banks and finance is going to be revolutionized over the next five years. 
Um, I also think that, you know, for payments and maybe you classify that with inside of banking and finance, but I think payments is going to be revolutionized. There's already something called ISO 222. If you want to look that up online, it's ISO 222. It's a uh, proposal that is now actually being accepted that's starting at the end of uh, 2023, where that is uh, what the new banking system is going to use to communicate. So that's pretty much the language that they are going to use for um, all of the uh, banks worldwide to use to communicate. And they have listed five specific blockchains that are going to allow um, the transaction of the value of the currencies to, um, to transact. So there's already five blockchains that are approved for that. And then I do think that everything is going to be tokenized um, and digitized in the future. The World Economic Forum said this um, at their meeting, I think it was like right around six months ago, uh, was that they, they believe that one of the biggest use cases for blockchain and cryptocurrency, because really what you're doing is putting NFTs on assets is really what it is. But they're saying that they believe that $669 trillion dollars worth of assets is going to be tokenized because it becomes more efficient. And the reason why it's 669 trillion, that includes real estate and stocks and derivatives and, and almost all the assets. So they're pretty much saying what I'm saying, which is everything's going to be tokenized and put onto a blockchain. So like you can fractionally own an entire condo building that's worth a billion dollars with a billion different people, right? A billion different people. If you put a billion tokens on that condo complex, a billion different people could participate in the ownership of that uh, condo. So I think that's what's going to happen is kind of, uh, you know, a revolutionary in payments and banking and finance, and then also just in assets being tokenized. Right. So it doesn't just apply to the finance industry, but real estate or, or other assets. Uh, yeah, I mean, a really great use case. And this is something I, I love to see, even though it's centrally owned as IBM. So they are like, they are, they rolled out a blockchain that works with Walmart and Amazon and some of the largest companies in the world where they are tracking their health, you know, healthcare metrics, they're tracking logistics, they're tracking where, you know, food is coming from. Like there's so many different use cases that are already being put to use specifically with that institutionally used blockchain through IBM. And, um, and yeah, it's just, we're just starting to see the actual uh, use cases of it because it's pretty much infinite because when those developers come on top of a blockchain, they can build whatever, something called a, you know, a smart contract, um, which has another infinite uh, amount of use cases. So um, there's a lot, a lot of potential. And I think that's why people that are doing research into it are starting to get you know, pretty excited about uh, what its potential. Right. And so we talked a little bit about banks and how there's a, there's now a disruption in, in the industry, but, you know, banks have been around for a long time. They have a lot of money and they definitely want to keep the status quo. How do you think that change is going to occur? Yeah, I totally uh, agree with you. I think anything that, that directly threatens the federal reserve is, uh, is definitely at, at uh, a big risk of, of getting, collapse because obviously that's a really big deal to take over a global reserve currency if that's what we're talking about um but i you know obviously banking banks even just regional banks have a big big pull as well but ultimately i think um you know shorter term i think there's definitely regulation coming uh for sure but because the sec just doubled their department on digital assets like literally like three weeks ago so um, they've already came out and said that that's what they're doing but uh, at the same time, I also think that, you know, the best technology is always going to prevail. I don't, 
I don't think that long-term, if the people, if, if something makes markets more efficient and it's easier for the end user and consumer, ultimately that thing is going to come around in some way, shape or form. Um, and and you, you see that with like, you know, gold, where there's a prohibition against gold and alcohol and marijuana and that type of stuff. And uh, yeah, there can definitely be a shorter term time period where, you know, it gets banned or whatever. But I really think, you know, long term, if it is the technology that the people and end, end consumers want, it's going to come up, come about some way, shape or form. Right. The technology will speak for itself. Yeah, exactly. Um, awesome. Well, this is a very interesting conversation. I learned a lot about uh, blockchain and crypto and where to do more research. And I hope our audience is did as well. So last question is how can our audiences get in touch with you? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm online quite a lot as far as on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, my name is Jeff Seckinger. So I'm literally at Jeff Seckinger on all of those. And then also if you do, if you're first of all, an accredited investor and you have a desire to like not have to worry about investing in a cryptocurrency, and you just want hands-off exposure and you want professionals managing it. Um, or you're a person that just wants education and you just want to learn about the space because you, you believe in it and you want to be educated. Um, either one of those, you can just text the word crypto. So C-R-Y-P-T-O uh, to our number, which is 877-771-0615. And uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll uh, you know put that in the description below yep. as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. This was uh, super helpful and uh, really informative and uh, just great to always have a conversation about new technology. So thank you so much for being here. Yep. Thank you, Gene. It's been fun. Appreciate it.